0: In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Do you know what the image of God is? It's male and female joined together. Because God created Adam and he took a rib out, called it Eve, made a woman, and said, be now joined together and become one in marriage. And that is the image of God. Can I get an amen? We're made in God's image, and the image of God is male and female. Now, Facebook introduced dozens of options for users to identify their gender today. And although the social media giant said it would not be releasing a comprehensive list, ABC News has found at least 58 so far. How many of you know there's 58 different genders out there? 58, that's all? 58 genders, that's all. Previous u- users identified themselves as male and female. They were also given the option of not answering or keeping their gender private. Users can now select a custom gender option. Customize your gender, your plumbing, and everything else that needs to be changed, and your face. There's going to be a lot of people whom uh, this is going to mean nothing, and others it's going to mean the world to whom it says. Facebook will allow users to select between the pronouns him, her, or their. The following are the 58 gender options identified by ABC News A gender, androgyne, androgen, androgenos, genus, I don't know even how to say these. Androgynous, oh, excuse me, I do know that word. Bigender, CIS, CIS gender, CIS female, CIS male, CIS man, CIS woman. Uh, CIS gender female, CIS gender male, CIS gender man, CIS gender woman, female to male, FTM, gender fluid, gender non-conforming, gender questioning, gender variant, gender queer, intersex, male to female, MTF, neither, neutrius, non-binary, other, pan-gender, trans. Trans female, trans male, trans man, trans woman, trans person, trans feminine, transgender, transgender female, transgender male, transgender man, transgender person, transgender woman, transmasculine, transsexual, transsexual female, transsexual male, transsexual man, transsexual person, transsexual woman, and two spirit. I think I want to change that one to demon spirit. If you've got two spirits living inside you, there's something wrong because there's only supposed to be one of you on the inside unless it's the Holy Spirit. And if you are sensing there's another spirit living inside of you, all I have to say to you is, come out, devil, because you've got a real problem. Is this ridiculous or is this ridiculous? This is not people just wanting. This is demonic confusion that hates the presence and the image of Almighty God. It wants to redefine who we are and take away from us our identity. It wants to remove from us any sense of being the image of Almighty God. And let me tell you something. With our judges making the decision as if they were God or something, as if like they created us, they're going to decide whether we should redefine marriage differently than God, and God's law, and the law of nature has defined marriage to be over the past how many thousands of years. I'm going to be talking about this in great detail Sunday. And so we, we need to be in prayer. Yeah, all three of you. Thank you. We really need to be in prayer when, it, it, am I the only one that really thinks this is quite absurd? Do you get the, do you get the impression that people just think this is a big game? That we're playing with these things. That they're to be played with. And to fight over and make it like a little game. Well, that's juvenile. That's childish. That's that's uh, juvenile. So we need to be praying. And we need to be praying really with great power. James 5.16. Let's pray. And then we're going to open up. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak from down there. Then we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of praying. Gosh, we're running out of time. I'm going to just hit these really quick. Just say these things about prayer and uh we need to understand some things here about wow, what's going on. If you're being carried away with the culture, uh, you're, gonna, you're going to be, you're gonna shipwreck and you're going to crash and burn. Because the culture uh, is becoming a sewer and it, it's, becoming, uh, it's just being destroyed. Don't be stupid. Don't be following the crowd. It says broad is the gate that leads to destruction today. And many will go down that path through that broad gate on the broad path that many will walk down. And the Bible says it leads to destruction. It says narrow is the gate and narrow is the path and very few will find it and it leads to life. Don't be the ignorant multitudes. Don't be the class of simpletons but renew your mind with the word of God and understand like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and could be trusted to show Israel what to do. One translation says they were politically savvy. The voice translation says the sons of Issachar, because they were politically savvy, they understood the times and could lead Israel and knew what to do in the troubled times. Tonight we're going to just talk about Praying with power and praying in tongues. Romans eight twenty six through 28. Some of you heard this before. Well, good for you. There's other people that need to hear it. Romans eight twenty six. it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Did you know that none of us know what to pray for? As we ought. You know, we, we may think we know how to pray, uh, but what about that guy that sneaks into your house and steals everything you have. Did you know that was coming? How many of you would know that if he snuck in and you, he isn't going to tell you? How many of you know, uh, knew it you know, before you got in that car accident? How many of you knew it before that sickness came? See, none of us know these things are coming, but how many of you know God knows everything? We don't know what to pray for as well. We don't know if tomorrow you're going to get hit by a train. You don't know tomorrow but somebody's going to break into your house and hold a gun to your head. You don't know but tomorrow that Iran is going to nuke us. You don't know but tomorrow that we're going to have an EMP. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Seems like all kinds of things could be happening all around us. But the Bible says we don't know what to pray for as we ought. We don't know what tomorrow holds, so we don't know what to pray for. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. But see, that infirmity isn't sickness. It's just our shortcomings, our inabilities. And the Spirit says he will help our inabilities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession, and that's just, he prays for us, intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's praying in tongues. Many scholars have said that that is absolutely a direct... Alluding to praying in tongues. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. It starts out, we don't know how to pray. And it ends up making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, how did we get from, for we know not how to pray, the first part of that verse, to the second, next verse, to the end of that verse, saying... Here he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There's something sandwiched in between for we know not how to pray as we ought and making the perfect intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And what is that? Groanings. Oh, so we, are we just groaning? You know, the Bible doesn't talk about any power in groaning. You can't find any place where the power of God is through the groaning. But the groaning, when you, when you look into the original language, is an inexpressible type of speech. And I like this translator who, who, who says that it's inexpressible yearnings. In other words, we're, that this desire to pray something out that you don't have the words for. That's really what it means. It's an inexpressible, in other words, you can't express it You can't articulate it, you can't say it, but it's a yearning on the inside of you. You don't know how to pray as you ought. You have this desire to pray. You have this witness to pray. You have this unction to pray. You have this uncanny desire that something needs to be said, but you don't know what it is. But the Spirit says he'll help you make intercession. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit, he knows the mind. He ha- God knows the mind of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit prays through us. And the Holy Spirit knows everything like God the Father knows everything. <clears throat> You've heard this story so many times. Julie and I, 8 o'clock one morning, we got done with devotion with the kids. And I said, I don't know what it is, but I've got that inexpressible yearning. I feel like praying. Don't know what to pray. as I ought. don't have any idea what it is. But I've got an inexpressible yearning. I've got something inside of me yearning I'm supposed to pray. It's not expressible. I don't know what it is. Don't have any mental understanding of it. But I feel like I'm supposed to pray. I don't know what. So we prayed in tongues for an hour. Exactly at one hour. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, straight up, the phone rang. And that rang right after I said, we're done. I don't feel the burden. It's gone now. We took care of it in prayer. And as soon as that phone rang, my mother-in-law was on the other end. She told us a story about Samara, our niece, who hit a bridge at 50, 60 miles an hour, hit an ice patch, hit a bridge, flew off the bridge, flew off a bridge, 30 feet, about twice the height of this building, about the height of the exterior building, the roof, fell down in a car hit the ice, went into the river in the middle of winter. She climbed out of that car through the water and the ice, walked to the side, had to climb up this huge bank, waved down somebody. They called 911. They called the ambulance. They got out there, and they found out when they got her in the car, and then her dad got there, and they found out there was not a single thing wrong with her. She had a scratch less than an inch long on her ankle, not a broken bone, not a bruise on her body, not a single thing. Now, how do you fall 30 feet in a car into a river and break through ice? Get out and walk through the icy river and get get out and walk up a bank and not have anything wrong with you. And her dad was there, and that all happened exactly between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock by the time she hit the bridge, flew through the air, went into the water, got out of the car, walked through the river, climbed through the ice, climbed up on the side of the bank, climbed up this big, huge bank going up the side of the road, waves down a car. The police come, and her father comes. And by the time she's in the car, and and, and her dad is there, and everything's okay, it's exactly 9 o'clock. We were praying in tongues through the entire scenario. You can say that's by some type of chance, but I'll tell you what, it was by the Holy Spirit. For we knew not what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself made intercession for us with groanings. Because he that knows the mind of the Spirit knows what's going on and makes perfect intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the inside of God. The inside information of God. There's no other way you can do that. James says, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man makes much prayer available. Makes, excuse me, much power available. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Makes much power available. Power was made available that day. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we've desired. Praying the perfect will of God gives me all the confidence. Because we know that what First John five fourteen says. It says, you know, if we pray his will. And this is the confidence we have in him. We ask anything according to his will. We know that he hears us. If we know that he hears us. We know that he has granted us the petitions that we've desired of him. So that's First John. But what about James 4, 2 and 3? It says, you ask, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. Did you know you won't have anything if you don't ask God for it? How many of you know you have not because you ask not? For some reason, God has just set it up that way. You have not because you ask not. If you don't ask, you can't receive. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. But how can you ask if you don't know what to ask for? There we are again in that dilemma. How can you ask if you don't know what to ask for? How would I have asked God to protect my niece tomorrow that day if I didn't know that she was going to have that accident? How could I possibly ask God to protect her and to keep her because I have no idea this is going to happen? How could I ask for that? But he says, You have not because you ask not. For we know not what to ask, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings. So praying in tongues is praying out the perfect will of God. Can I get an amen? First Corinthians 12 and 2 says, If he who speaks in tongues speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands that howbeit in the Spirit he speaks divine mysteries. One translation says he speaks divine secrets. When you pray in tongues, you don't speak to men. Now, there's a type of praying in tongues. That's the gift of tongues where you speak to men in a congregation and you give the interpretation. That's in the church. Then there's a type of tongues where you speak to the unbeliever and it's a sign to the unbeliever like the day of Pentecost when they all came out and they all spoke in tongues. They all heard it in their own language. There was no interpreter there. That was not in a church. That was not believers. That was unbelievers. That's the sign to the unbeliever. But then there's a type of tongues for praying. Not for a sign to the unbeliever, not for an edification in the church with an interpretation, but a praying that he who speaks on tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. If it's unto God, it must be a prayer. Can I get an Amen? It says in 1 Corinthians fourteen fourteen, If I speak on a tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. We need to be praying right now for our country. See because we don 't know what to pray for, and ephesians 3:20 says now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we can now two things listen real close, exceedingly everybody say exceedingly, exceedingly. Abundantly. abundantly, above, above. All. all two things now listen above what we can ask or what we can think, speaking in tongues goes above what you can think to ask, or even what you can even think. It transcends language, and it transcends human intellect. Now, he who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or what we can think according to the power that dwells within us, and what is the power that dwells within us on the day of Pentecost, The Holy Spirit dwells within us and upon us, and they prayed in tongues. According to the power that dwells within us is if you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. And it says in Jude one twenty that building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's the power that dwells within us, praying in tongues, building ourselves up in our most holy faith. You know, you don't get answered prayers because you pray, it possi- doesn't say all things are possible to them that pray. All things are possible to them that believe. And it doesn't say, dearly beloved, building yourself up in your most holy prayers, praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. You build your faith up when you pray in tongues. Because it isn't your prayers that gets answered, it's your faith that gets answered. Can I get an amen? And that's why we pray in tongues, because you build up your most holy faith you pray a perfect prayer of intercession to God because you know not what to pray. And you can pray out exceedingly and abundantly above what you can ask, words, verbally capable of a human being, and what you could think, what's intellectually capable of a human being. See, if you have not received your prayer language with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with praying in tongues. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody if if there's somebody here and you want to receive the fullness ...and release your prayer language... ...it will completely change your life. But for these last five minutes... ...what we're going to do... ...is we're going to pray in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk maybe next time... ...about releasing our prayer language. But if you desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit... ...you need to come see me afterwards tonight. Because God wants you... ...to have not only... ...the new birth experience... ...but He wants you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the power, the incredible power, of praying in tongues. And I can teach you how to release that, and we'll give you a little book. But right now, we're going to pray for our nation right now, because this is what the Lord showed me about our nation. The Lord showed me the Romans 13 ministers are under an attack. They've taken away their riot gear. They're taking away their armored vehicles. They're marginalizing them. They're making them suspect. There's 100,000 UN troops are coming into the United States right now. I think that our federal government wants to police the police. Well, that's martial law. I think that's very scary. I believe when we get this ruling back from our Supreme Court judges, not only, and murder of police officers has gone up 90% in the last year because of some really bad ones who did some really stupid things. And those police officers are wicked. And uh, not all police officers are good. But there's a lot of good ones, and there's good ones being murdered. And that's not right either. Can I get an amen? And so, but the enemy, we're talking about the devil. The devil's trying to destroy our society and break it down. Now, when this homosexual thing and this gay marriage thing comes back at the end of June, if it comes back, not in our favor. I believe this is what the Lord showed me, that it hangs in the balance and we need to pray. Because this... If we don't pray, and if we don't win this battle, this is what I believe the Lord showed me is going to begin to happen. Because my friend Mike Damasus in Des Moines put on his marquee, it's not okay to be gay. And the next day, which was Sunday morning, his church was surrounded with gay people that were picketing his church. And within 24 hours, he had 120 death threats. Now tell me, this thing isn't ready To explode. This is what I believe the Lord showed me, like in a vision, that there's going to come a day if this thing goes through and gay marriage is made legal throughout the land and the definition of marriage is changed to being whatever people want it to be, that this is what's going to happen and you need to come Sunday. Some things I'm going to be sharing Sunday is going to help you to understand these things. That this is what's going to happen. It's going to start out where the gays are going to come to the churches and they're going to say, Christians, evangelicals, preachers, you have to marry us now. Of course, preachers are going to say no. They believe the Bible. They know what they're doing. And then what's going to happen is they're going to bring lawsuits. Then they're going to bring peaceful demonstrations, just like what's happened against the Roman 13 ministers is going to happen against the Ephesian 4 ministers and churches. And the peaceful demonstrations never stay peaceful. How many of you know that? They always go more and more violent until they're killing people. That's you and I. Because there is a great violence in the land. Because it's like the days of Noah. The Bible says the whole world was filled with violence. And the Bible says it will become like that again before the Lord returns. And I'm going to show you the connection between what's going on in the gay world and in the world of Noah, what took place back in those days. So, let's pray.